If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, this is Dr. Judy Cook welcoming you back to Shrink Wrapped, a place where you can learn skills to shrink away some of your troubles, wrap yourself in more enjoyment, and begin to find more and more rapture about being in this incredible universe. Today, we're going to talk about concussion and head injury and the fact that it is not just a problem for athletes. I have to say it has delighted me to see more public attention focused on the issue of head injuries, but it distresses me at the same time that it didn't come into focus until it focused on athletes and that seems to be the main focus. I became involved in studying this back in the early 80s when computerized EEG came out and we started looking at people with this EEG process which initially came out to help make psychiatric diagnoses. However, as we started studying people, we began to see all kinds of evidence of a wide array of injuries that were causing people to have problems in both physical and mental functioning that were a consequence of these injuries. 30 years later, it is very much a topic of discussion. It's been the topic of a movie and people do have a little more awareness. But you need to be more aware of what this can mean for you and what to do so that if there is an issue for you or your loved ones, you can share things with your physician that may be important in getting better. Doctors these days have too little time allotted to spend with patients so they might not get around to asking about parts of your history like have you had a head injury of any sort or have you had an infection that affected your head or any number of other things. I want you to get this information so you can track these things for yourself and be able to share it with your doctor. When I started learning about computerized CEG, it opened an entirely new world for me in the field of medicine. I had already gotten my MD degree and trained for four years in pathology and another three years in psychiatry. And when I started studying this, it was like, holy Toledo, where did this information come from? Well, I had the wonderful experience of being able to team up with Dr. Ken Bonet, who was a neuropsychologist and brain biochemist at NYU Medical School 
and one of those incredible Renaissance genius types of people who had so, so much to teach. He did, of course, make me do my homework and read things like the books by Dr. Alexander Romanovich Luria from Russia, who wrote one of the early books on neuropsychology. I also had to read about the case of Phineas Gage. This was a fascinating case about a young man who was a railroad worker, and one day he was tamping dynamite with a rod, and there was an explosion, and it blew through the front of his head and out, and it knocked him out, and a few minutes later he was up and walking around and seemed to be doing okay. The upshot of it is that over time, he began to have marked deterioration in his personality and his overall level of function, a classic description of frontal lobe injury. That happened in 1848, quite a long time ago. And some other interesting and worthwhile neuropsychological information came along a few years later during the Franco-Prussian War, which happened around 1870. In that case, the two sides were using different kinds of ammunition so that one kind went straight through an injured area and another caused a concussive injury. And studying these two types of injuries, this was the time of the birth of neuropsychology where they started looking at how injury to different parts of the brain caused different kinds of functional impairments. Now, from 1870 to 2010 or so, when we finally are realizing the impact of concussive injuries, is quite a long time. Even worse than it took to get people to wash their hands. Certainly, the information that comes from athletics is important. It's an area that's easy to study. We see people getting injuries over and over. We have a fairly controlled group to look at. And we can also see that repeated injuries increase the amount of problems. You can look at someone like Muhammad Ali who had repeated head trauma and see the problems that happened to him over time as he had more and more problems with, for example, the Parkinson's disease that was probably related to that head trauma. The important thing is that there are many things that can rattle our brains, literally, and cause a lot of problems. Our brain is almost like the consistency of firm jello being rattled around in a bony vault, and depending on where it gets bumped around and how hard, determines the area of the brain that may be damaged and the effects that happen. One of the saddest things is that so often these people have been blown off in the past as, oh, it's just emotional. Just one more way that we as a society have discounted 
the importance of feelings in terms of looking at the whole person and what's going on with them. I want to share with you a little bit about some of the studies that I had, some of the patients that I worked on, just to give you an example of what can happen to people with various kinds of head injuries. Early on when I was doing this, I had a gentleman arrive at my office and he said, I had a car wreck and all I had was a whiplash. But that was five years ago and I have had horrible headaches ever since and they have been so bad that I can no longer beat my computer at chess and I've had to quit running my 35-man engineering firm because I can't focus on the job well enough. We did a computerized EEG on him and looked and sure enough in the frontal area of his head which controls executive and organizational functions he had a decrease of blood flow from the injury. We placed him on a medication that would help change that. Actually a very mild medication but effective at doing that. And within a very short period of time he was getting marked relief from his headaches and he continued to improve and he continued to call me frequently over the years to keep me updated and thank me because not only did he go back to beating his computer at chess, he went back to running his engineering firm and built it up to 75 people before he decided to sell it. What a thrill it was to be able to use this technology to look at that subtle damage that had, had happened to his brain, just a whiplash, and the massive impact it had had on this man and how simple it was to reverse it. You have to pay attention to these kinds of things when it's that dramatic. I also have a very close friend who suddenly developed seizures. And she had gone through various things, including treatments, that were not working. And so when I started doing the computerized EEG, I did one on her. And I looked at it and I said, when did you hit your head? Well, she denied hitting her head, but in a later conversation with her mother, she had indeed had a car wreck where she had hit her head and she was amnesic for the event. She was treated with the same medicine we used for the engineer and lo and behold, it would stop her seizures and her other problems with focus and concentration. The only problem with that was that if she stopped the medicine after she was doing well and then she got into a situation where she was stressed again, this could irritate that damaged area and bring back the problem. But then that's very much like the thing that happens with seizures and a number of other issues within our brain and our body that when we get overstressed we need to back off and take care of ourselves and allow the normal healing process to take place. Most things that we think of as head trauma or concussion are a lot like a whiplash. They're sort of a front to back uh, whipping of the head 
And then you have things that affect the frontal lobe, which affects organization and concentration. It may affect the back of the brain, which is your visual lobes, and it can affect your visual capacities. And more than that, it rattles your temporal lobes, that area right over your ears, which tends to control your emotions. And so you can have wide mood swings. The interesting thing with that area is that those head injuries can give something that looks very much like not only partial complex seizures, but also bipolar disorder. And all three of those things respond to seizure medications like Lamictal and Tegretol and Depakote, the last three of which are also first-rank medications for bipolar disorder. I think there may be some kind of a tie there. The side-to-side injuries and the whole brain injuries, like in a massive car wreck, can also do things to impair your speech, uh, impair your muscle function. Uh, And again, depending on the area, it can affect any area of your body. It's important to be aware of the very many kinds of things that can give you significant head injuries. Yes, those sports injuries are important, but even a mild whiplash can be an issue. So think about things like bicycle wrecks and motorcycle wrecks and falls. Even the concussive impact of artillery fire and other explosions can be enough to do damage if you're close enough. You don't have to have a significant and apparent physical injury for it to be something that can significantly impair your function. Just to add to the overall information picture, as we started studying these things, we found evidence of many other things that could affect the brain and the function and all those kinds of things that are now getting associated with concussion. And this can be things like strokes, tumors, brain surgery, aneurysms, abscesses, cysts, seizures, and even subtle infections. There are viruses like the herpes virus from cold sores uh, and rubella virus and chickenpox virus that can tend to hang around in your system. And if they happen to be hanging around in your nervous system and they flare up, which they're more apt to do, again, if you are stressed, they can, again, wreak havoc with your brain. I had one lady where we had a pattern that looked on her EEG like it might be an infection. And sure enough, she'd been having a lot of issues with cold sores. And I put her on an antiviral medication And she went from hardly being able to put her own shoes on to going back to being a normal, highly functioning person. Without that technology, we might never have picked that up. Now that we know the problem exists, it's easier to know to look for it. There is another source of injury that people really often don't want to look at, and that is the use of various chemical substances, including not just street drugs, but even more common things like alcohol. And these chemicals can work all kinds of adverse 
effects on your brain. This needs to be covered in more depth elsewhere, but it's certainly something to be touched on. It really is important, though, to realize that these head injuries can have significant effects in your brain function and not have apparent physical symptoms. In fact, these are the people that normally get referred to neuropsychiatrists and neuropsychologists and this kind of brain specialist because they're not running around with obvious injuries and obvious cripplings and there's a tendency to say, oh, it's all just emotional. Well, it is all in their head, but not in an artificial way. Why am I telling you this? Because these are all very common kinds of things that can happen to almost anybody, and they can affect your emotional and cognitive and even physical functioning, but they're all too frequently overlooked by you and your doctors because there's too little emphasis on the importance of it in the population as a whole. Would you like to know what to do about it? Well, let's take a short break and then we will come back and talk about some of the things that you can do that can help you be better prepared to cope and get the right kind of help if you have some kind of a closed head injury, including concussion. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network. You know what drives me crazy? When business owners believe that just because they're not on stage speaking, they don't need stage presence. Stages come in all shapes and sizes. You're on the stage when you're in a boardroom, talking to a prospect, or introducing yourself and your company. I invite you to join me on a free educational webinar called How to Triple Your Income Through Speaking. Learn the critical ingredients to make impact and income on any type of stage. Go to speakersuccessformula.com and grab your spot now. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back to Shrinkwrapped. This is Dr. Judy Cook talking about concussions and other head injuries, here to tell you some things that you can do about it. First and foremost, if you think you've got a problem, start learning techniques to relax. It's a little like if you were already stressed and then somebody started scratching chalk on the blackboard it would make you all the more upset. If your brain is irritated and then you're pouring on further irritation from your overload with all these things that are bothering you, it makes that issue in your brain worse. So it's really important to learn some relaxation techniques. It's important to realize that we have learned so much about retraining the brain for cognitive and physical functioning. And there are many things that can be done. Even for people who have developmental issues, there are many techniques nowadays that can be used to help people take the areas of the brain that are working well 
and utilize that to help rebuild the strength in the other areas. There are many well-written books out there for the lay public, and a couple I would recommend for you would be Train Your Mind, Change Your Brain by Sharon Begley, and also Change Your Brain, Change Your Life by Dr. Daniel Amen. Both of them are two really credible and very readable resources. One of the most important things you can do personally, though, before you ever think of treatment, is start keeping a careful history. Whenever you or a loved one has a significant illness or injury, or even sometimes a head injury that doesn't seem all that significant, it's, quote, just a concussion, unquote, keep a record of it. Record what happened and when, in the case of the head trauma, what the nature of the injury was, what part of the head was hit, and any changes you notice right away. If it seems to clear up and then behavioral or functional changes come along later, keep written track of that as well. If family and friends start making comments like, you don't seem like yourself since such and such happened, ask more and take notes and find out what they're noticing and monitor yourself for that and also touch base with them periodically and have them help you monitor it. There's an old saying that it's rather hard to read the label from the inside of a bottle. And it's very hard for us sometimes to see our own level of functioning from inside. And we need that help from people outside ourselves to do that. So utilize those resources and keep track of things with the help of other people. And this is often a good tool to use anyway if you're having any kind of physical problem or emotional problem is to have outside observers help you to track how you're improving. We're very impatient from the inside and we're with ourselves every second of every day and someone who's outside us can be more objective. This history is so, so important for you to keep track of. Although we are in a day when we now have computerized medical records, and in theory, this should be a wonderful way to now have incredible medical records that can be easily shared doctor to doctor. In fact, we aren't anywhere close to that. Most of the electronic medical record programs don't talk to each other and aren't nearly as efficient as a paper chart. Furthermore, doctors have hundreds of patients to take care of and you have only you and your loved ones to be concerned about, and you need to be very important for you and your history, and help the doctor and yourself by keeping a very good history. If you do think that you have some kind of subtle injury to your brain that is causing some kind of change, whether it's an emotional change, a physical change, a decrease in your ability to work, a mood change, uh, any number of things, large or small, that can happen, then you want to find someone who is actively interested in head injuries and their associated problems. So you may want to find a neuropsychologist or a neurologist or a neuropsychiatrist or even uh, look for a medical school that has a research program 
uh, or a special unit that specializes in this area. This is still a time when there still has to be some creativity in looking at things and learning from them and having a doctor who is aware uh, and thoughtful and investigative uh, is a very good thing to have. Depending on the findings uh, and the technology used, different kinds of things will be used to initiate treatment. Once you are put on a treatment, it's important to really work with your doctor on it and to stick with it. If you have a rapid adverse reaction, obviously you want to talk to them about stopping it. But if your recommendation is relaxation techniques or exercise or changing diet or taking medications or doing things especially to retrain your brain, do them and do them on a regular and faithful basis because they aren't going to work otherwise. When people are retraining their brains, they have to practice and practice and practice. Just like when an athlete wants to be good at shooting baskets or throwing a football or hitting a tennis ball, they have to practice and practice and practice until it gets better and better and those pathways are laid down stronger and stronger. So there's a great deal that can be done. You need to keep a good history. You need to find a good clinician. And then you need to follow through with their recommendations and then follow through with reporting to them how things are going. But keep in mind, the brain is the most important organ in your body. It is the one that keeps everything else running. It is also still the most complex and the most difficult to access and truly understand. And we still have a whole lot to learn from it. We have learned a lot. And there's a lot that can be done to help you. And do not blow off those brain injuries in you or someone else. Keep a watchful eye. And if something strange happens, reach out and ask for help. For now, we're going to wrap up for today. And next week, we're going to be talking about why all the fuss about opiate drugs. Until then, this is Dr. Judy Cook with Shrink Wrapped, wishing you a wonderful week wrapped in wonderful progress toward a happier and healthier life. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.